Hello, ladies, and welcome to another exciting episode on the Ask With Confidence podcast. We are so glad you're joining us today and hope you leave this episode feeling empowered to take on your most difficult conversations. I'm your host, Katherine Kanaki. I'm a nurse, mediator, and the chief operating officer at the American Negotiation Institute, and I am passionate about helping women like you get the most out of your conversations and get ahead in life. Before we start, is negotiation a critical part of what you do? Do you need to resolve conflict and persuade at work? If so, check out our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we would love to work with you too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Hi, everybody. Today, we have Melissa Hereford on the podcast. I am so excited to have her. Melissa, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Catherine. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Well, why don't we get started by telling the audience a bit about yourself and what you do? That sounds great. So I have a company called Negotiate with Confidence, and I focus on women and giving women the words they need, how to say it, the mindset, and all the things that go on behind the scenes of the mechanics of negotiating. And I deal with a lot of issues that other people don't really talk a lot about, like what happens when you get up the courage to ask and you get a no? How do you keep moving forward? What happens when you get really scared and nervous and lose your voice and don't know what to say next? So all of those underlying emotional components that you don't really hear a lot about, I try to focus on to fill in those gaps for, especially for women, to empower you to ask for what you want and feel great about it. Perfect. And I am so excited. I mean, the name of your company, Negotiate with Confidence, Ask with Confidence, it just all kind of goes together. So I'm really excited to have you with us. And today we are talking about the lean-in study, but more specifically, how you can fix the broken rung and what you can do to elevate your career. So why don't we get started by telling us what is the lean-in study and what do you mean by broken rung? Yeah. So every year for the past three or four years, leanin.org has done a study across many different industries, primarily Fortune, I want to say Fortune 1000 companies, partnering with McKinsey in order to take a look at what's actually happening in the workplace for women now. And recently, the 2019 study came out. It's on their website if you go to leanin.org. And what they identified as the biggest problem for women in the workplace now is what they call the first rung on the ladder to leadership. So many companies are moving more women in and promoting women into the, the highest leadership positions. And they are citing this lack of candidates, I guess, lack of candidates in the pool for those middle management positions. So it really captured my interest and, and made me think about my own experience in the workplace and how I made that first leap. And many of the women that I work with made that first leap into management and how challenging and counterintuitive it is to be able to take that first step. So when we think about fixing that first rung in the ladder, that's really where the language comes from. It's from this interesting study that was just published. Fantastic. And I will put all of the links in the description below so that way people can go look at that. Now with this first ladder, what kind of positions are on this first ladder? Who, who are these women that are at this first rung? So if you imagine that you are a recent college graduate, maybe you are a recent college graduate, and you get your first job or maybe your second job within an organization, and you're looking at your career trying to figure out where do I go next? How do I get a promoted? How do I get promoted? How do I get ahead? The path is not always straight up. Like if you think about a ladder, 
it typically goes straight up. And our careers are often not that straightforward. You're not necessarily climbing straight up the ladder to get to the top, right? You often will leave the company and go someplace else, or you will move into a different department. So the women who are not getting promoted at that level, at that place in their careers, may get stuck in one job for so long or too long to be considered a viable candidate in order to move up, or they may leave the workforce, or they may change into a different career, thinking that they'll be be able to get ahead. And oftentimes, the women that I talk to really just don't know what to do to break out of the current place that they're in in order to get that first promotion. Fantastic. Now, just going off of that, what are some things that women can do to kind of move out of being stuck? What are some ways that we can be successful? So thinking about this from my own perspective and my own experience, looking at it through that lens, when I read the study, I thought, well, what was it that I did and what do I see coming up over and over and over again with the women that I work with or the women that I talk with, my colleagues? And the, the first component of this is being aware that you have to actively manage this process. I think a lot of people go into the workplace thinking, I'm going to put my head down, I'm going to do the work, I'm going to be the best that I can be at my job, and the accolades will come, the rewards will come, my boss will come to me and say, you're doing such an amazing job, I want to promote you. And most of the time, that is not how it happens. So you can be doing great work, put your head down, you know, nose to the grindstone, cranking out the best work possible, and just be doing that forever, for a long time. So the first component of this is being aware of what's going on around you and how other people are getting promoted. Their bosses are typically not coming to them saying, I've got this great opportunity I want to move you into. It requires proactive management on your part. I have a great story, my own story, as well as someone that I recently worked with. One of my colleagues, we were chatting and she said, Melissa, my boss just told me about this leadership team that he and the rest of the board are creating. And we were just chatting about it. And he was telling me who was on the leadership team and what they were going to be doing and and the strategic direction that the team was going to be taking. And I kept waiting for him to ask me to join the team. And I was waiting and waiting and he never said anything. And then the conversation was over. And I walked away feeling like, I don't understand. I'm really good at my job. Why did he not ask me to be on the team? And I said, well, Megan, did you ask him, like, what's going on? How are you choosing the people to be on the team? And she said, no, can I do that? Is that a thing? So just that moment of awareness for her of saying, yeah, you can do that. And in fact, you need to do that. You need to be having those kinds of conversations with your boss and with other people within your organization so that you know what's going on, what are the opportunities, and then you can proactively ask to be involved in those things. That is Brilliant. And a lot of times we aren't even aware of what other people are doing. So if if you're not aware of what somebody else is doing, your boss probably isn't going to be aware of what you're doing because they're managing so many other things all at once. And so it's so important that we actually go up and ask. And so this gets me to my next point. How do we have that conversation with our boss about moving forward? Yeah, that's The simplest way, it's such a great question and one that gets asked all the time. How do I ask? What do I say? And how do I say it in a way that doesn't come across as being bossy or aggressive are the two most common adjectives I hear from women. So first of all, how do you ask? The 
best way and the easiest way to think about doing this is just to have a conversation. There's no magic words that are going to unlock this pot of gold for you. To be genuinely curious, take yourself out of the equation because maybe there's an opportunity for you here and maybe there's not. So going into every conversation that you have, be it with your boss or with other leaders in your organization and your peers, go in with this attitude of genuine curiosity. So I'm just curious about what projects you're working on. Are there projects going on where my particular skills could be of use to the company? Tell me more about that. So going into those conversations with this idea of genuine curiosity without necessarily an outcome in mind, because sometimes there's going to be an opportunity for you. And a lot of times there's probably not, but you won't ever find out if you don't just have a conversation about it. So that's really simplifying it. There's no magic words to focus on. It's being genuinely curious, asking from the perspective of, I just want to know. And then when you are genuinely curious, the, the way that you say things comes across that way. So people are naturally attracted to others in our organizations that show this kind of genuine curiosity. Because what do we love to talk about the most? Ourselves. So imagine, just put yourself in your boss's shoes and imagine one of your employees coming in saying, hey, I heard about this project, or I'm just really curious what else is going on in the organization. And how impressive that is to your boss to say, oh, well, we have all these things going on. Let me tell you about them. And how interesting and exciting it is for them to talk about essentially themselves and all the things that they're working on. Hi, this is Katherine Kanapke. I'm the Chief Operating Officer at the American Negotiation Institute, and we have some exciting news for you. Our new online course will be launching on January 13th, 2020. Over the past few years, we've traveled the country teaching professionals in procurement, sourcing, and sales the keys to effective negotiation. We've taken all of the lessons from those workshops and put it into this powerful course. This course will provide you and your team with a powerful set of strategic tools that you can use to get the best deal for your company. At the end of the program, you'll have more confidence, more skills, and we'll get better deals in the process. Remember, class starts January 13th, 2020. We hope to see you there. Check out the website to learn more. And now, back to the show. I mean, that's absolutely brilliant. And you're completely right. You know, a lot of times we are hoping for this magic keyword of, or phrase of words to say that will 100% get us a yes. But I, I know a lot of the conversation that I hear from women is, well, how do I even like frame the conversation? How do I approach them without just saying, hey, I want a promotion. Right. What are the steps that I need to take beforehand to frame that conversation and get them in the mindset so that way I'm not just ambushing them with an ask? Absolutely. I like to think of instead of I like to think of our our careers instead of a ladder. I think I touched on this in the beginning. More like this network, like like a tree, and the tree has a network of roots below the surface that are feeding it and bringing bringing water and bringing sunshine and and food and all the things that a tree needs to survive. And oftentimes beneath the surface, the roots are reaching out. Maybe they're popping up another tree over on the other side of the forest, but they're all connected underneath. And I think of that as the way our careers grow, that we're all connected to one another underneath the surface. So part of it is the conversation you're having with your boss. And part of it are conversations you're having with other people that you know, both in your organization and outside of your organization. So for to answer your question, 
looking at, first of all, your career and your network in that way and seeing it as an organic structure that is living and breathing below the surface. How do you approach those conversations if you were to have them with your friends and there was nothing in it for you and you were just genuinely curious about what your friends are doing, what their careers look like and what their day-to-day jobs look like? You, you walk in the room to meet with a friend and you, you ask open questions that get you an insight into their world. So take the pressure off yourself <laughs> to begin with and think of your network, your boss, and the other people that you work with in the same way. Hey, I'm just curious about what's going on. Okay, so, let, so that's like the big picture overview, the big picture frame that you walk into these conversations with. Then how do you actually start the conversation with your boss? So you're looking at your boss, you know your boss has all sorts of things going on and priorities and things that they have to get accomplished in order to meet their own objectives. And starting with that open, curious, friendly stance, I'm just curious about what's going on, you can say something like this. I'm really loving my job here. I'm accomplishing a lot. So you say something positive to start. I really like the company. I really like working with you. Uh, I feel like I'm accomplishing a lot. Here are the things that I've done over the last year, one, two, three. And when you look at where I am today and where I could be going tomorrow, I'd like to just have a general conversation with you about where you think I'm adding value, what you think my strengths are, so I can start to put together an idea of what I could do next. And maybe you and I could work together on that uh, to, to form a vision of what my career path here might be. Now, that can be a lot of pressure for your boss. So keep that in mind, because if you go in and have a conversation with your boss and say, what do you think I should do next? How am I going to get promoted? I have been a boss many times in my career, and I can tell you that kind of open question is like, I don't know. What do you like to do? Maybe we can talk about it. So going in from the perspective of we're just having a a casual chat about this rather than you're on the hook right now to tell me what I should be doing with my life or what I should be doing with my career. It's a really different perspective coming at it from that just general, open, curious perspective versus what should I do next? What am I good at? How, where should I go from here? Brilliant. Now going on from that, so you've gone into that conversation, uh, you've talked to your boss, you get a response. Where do you go from there? How do you make it so that way you don't just stay stuck if you get a no or if you get a yes? How do you make sure that you continue moving forward? Yeah. So it's really important to end your conversations with a follow-up step. So maybe it's, maybe you walk away with some ideas. So here's a project that's going on later or in some other department in the organization. You might say to your boss, oh, wow, that sounds really interesting. Would you introduce me to that person so I can just have a genuinely curious conversation with them? Your boss may say, let's just say for the sake of argument, your boss says, oh, yeah, sure, I'd be happy to do that. You go and have a conversation with that other person. So now you're, you're branching out, you're growing your network, the roots of your tree are getting healthier and healthier. You have a general, open, curious conversation with that person. Maybe there's nothing there for you, but I guarantee you that people are impressed when they meet someone who is ambitious and genuinely curious about what else is going on in the organization and looking for ways where you can add value to this project. And if it's not this project, maybe it's a project further on down the line. And that is the way you nurture your network. And when opportunities come up, those people are going to reach out to you. 
they will not reach out to the person who is just putting their nose to the grindstone and doing great work and getting great performance reviews because they don't even know about you. They don't know that you exist. Or if they do know you exist, they have heard that you do good work, but they don't really know anything about you. And the best jobs come from people that you know. You're much more likely to get an interview for a job with someone that you know than you are just sending your resume out blind to organizations hoping to get that hoping to get that connection, hoping to get that interview. Yes. This is brilliant. <laughs> this is fantastic. So, you know, once we, we've nurtured that relationship, we've gotten the position, we've moved ahead. Now we're in a leadership position or, or we've, we've gotten to that. Yes. How do we make sure that we are maintaining that leadership position? How do we put ourselves in a position for success beyond that? Let's say you get a promotion to that first rung on the ladder. The way that you do that is through your network, by looking for opportunities, by keeping in touch with people. And it requires a certain amount of extroversion that many people are not comfortable with. So I hope that by sharing this idea of just being genuinely curious without any hope for advancement will give the introverts and the people who think I can't do that a spark of interest or a way to see themselves being able to move their careers forward in that way. Now, once you get to the first rung on the ladder, it's pretty much rinse and repeat. You're always going to find your next opportunity through people that you know. You have to continue to do good work and you have to continue to look for opportunities to advance. Let people know the kinds of things that you're interested in doing and ask to be a part of that leadership team. So, for example, my colleague Megan, who didn't know or didn't even realize that she should ask to be on the leadership team. She went in and had another conversation with her boss and she went in expecting nothing because she, they had already formed the leadership team. The opportunity was already gone as far as she was concerned, but I encouraged her because there's no risk involved when this is already done and you know you're not going to get it. There's no risk. Just go in and have a conversation with your boss and tell him or her that you're interested if something like this comes up. So it felt pretty low risk to her to go in and say, hey, we were having this conversation about the leadership team. It sounds really interesting that that team is going to be working on some things that I could add some value to. So if the opportunity comes up again, where this type of team is being put together, or maybe somebody leaves and a, part, a position becomes available, I would be very interested in talking to you about that. And her boss, real story, looked at her and said, oh, I had no idea that you would be interested in something like this. I'm so glad that you told me. Now, it's a 50-50 shot that you'll get that kind of response versus a negative response. But because the team was already filled and she knew that there was no risk, she could go in with this attitude of ease and just genuine interest, which her boss really reacted well to and was very encouraging. So Megan, I will definitely let you know when something comes up. And now that you've told me, you're interested in this, I will keep you on my radar. And then to stay on the radar, it's Megan's responsibility to make sure that that thought and her interest doesn't just die there. I've talked to so many women who say things like, well, my boss told me I was going to get a raise in, in a year. And I went in for my annual review and she never said anything about the raise and I was too nervous to bring it up. And now it's been three years and I still haven't gotten a raise and I don't even know how to have that conversation now. So realizing that it's up to you to keep that conversation alive and it's up to you to remind your boss like, hey, is there anything going on with that leadership team or what is leadership team working on now? I'm so interested. I want to make sure I 
kind of stay in the loop on what, what's going on and what initiatives they're working on so that I can add value. Even if I'm not on the team, maybe I can contribute in some way. Oh, that is fantastic. And, you know, even if you do get a no, not right now kind of answer or no, there's no availability to that thing that you were asking for, it may open the door for other opportunities that you might even like more than that original one. So asking in those low stakes kind of situations allows you to really kind of build that relationship and, and open doors for new opportunities. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I remember in my own career, I started 25 years ago. I got my first corporate job and I was hired as a, just a, a desktop publisher. I knew how to use PageMaker at the time and I was looking for a job and it was a part-time thing that turned into a full-time thing. And I did that for I don't know, six or seven months and the company was growing really fast. And I got to know the office manager and I got to know my boss a little bit and he was very friendly and open to me. And I started seeing opportunities for jumping in on projects that were not related to desktop publishing, but I would say, Hey, I have a little bit of experience interviewing. Can I sit in on some of the interviews and hear what people are saying? And then that led to an opportunity for me to become a project manager. But my boss didn't come to me and say, hey, Melissa, you're a desktop publisher right now. We want you to be a project manager. I kept my eyes open. And from a just genuinely curious perspective, I'm curious about what's going on in this other area. Do you think I could try that out? Would you be open to letting me listen in on the interviews? Oh, maybe I could ask a few questions and show you that I'm pretty good at this. And maybe I'll type up the notes and the notes are pretty good. And that turned into, I really think that we need a project manager, like a full-time project manager. And I'd like to take a shot at that. So the job was never offered to me. I went in and proposed it. And that is really how my entire career, how I got all the way up to the vice president level by the time I left my last corporate job was always by going in and establishing a network, asking where the opportunities are, looking for the opportunities, asking for introductions, looking for special projects that I could dip my toe in. And some of the special projects that I dipped my toe into, I didn't like at all. I wasn't good at and I didn't enjoy them. And I was really glad I just tested the water before I jumped right into a different type of job. So you have the benefit of trying things out by doing it with this approach as well. Fantastic. And that's that's very similar to kind of how I landed in the position that I'm in because my background's in nursing. So it was dipping my toe in and asking and, and finding those those resources and those opportunities to grow and move forward. And it's just so important that we kind of speak up on that. What are some of the things where we might meet challenges in these areas? Where can this be difficult for women? Well, the hardest thing is getting a no. I mean, if you have a boss who's not supportive and it happens all the time, maybe your boss doesn't like you. That happens all the time. I have met so many women who say, uh, for example, a woman that I worked with that I did some coaching with said, She was following this path and following this pattern, dipping her toe in or asking for referrals and asking for introductions and asking to be on a part part of different teams. And her boss literally sat her down and said, you cannot do this. It's essentially against the rules of our culture. You are going to be punished for this. You're going to be fired for this. I mean, it was harsh. And in that moment, there are two different ways that you can respond. First, you can get totally defeated and feel the shame and humiliation that comes with that kind of slap down when you get a no like that. 
that can feel so debilitating in the moment. Like I'm the worst person. I can't believe I've been told no in this harsh way. Or you can choose to respond differently. And this is where the emotional components are so, can be so overwhelming and destroy your spirit. One boss can destroy your spirit in, in a significant way. The alternative is to make a choice that I'm not going to respond that way. And this is one person. And I refuse to let one person ruin my life essentially or change my career in this way. And in that moment, you have to make a choice. So do I want to stay in a company or under a boss who feels this way about me or is going to hold me back? Or you can, so you can, you know, move to a different company, look for a different job. If you're really concerned that maybe this is a thing with me, do some research and find out from other people. Do you have this reaction to me? Am I really coming across as too harsh? Am I not following the rules? Like this feedback that women often get around being too aggressive. Am I too aggressive? Is this really a thing? Because one person can absolutely destroy your spirit and you cannot let that happen because you have too much to offer in the world to allow one person to hold you back in that way. So the emotional component and, and dealing with the no are definitely the hardest things to overcome. Oh, and you know, that could be a whole nother conversation or that is a whole nother conversation of dealing with difficult people, but learning to accept the no is, is a big lesson. Where are some areas that we might have blind spots? So things that women aren't even noticing. Oh, well, first of all, being aware that all of this is going on behind the scenes, that people generally aren't just being handed raises and promotions that most people ask for them. Now there is the occasional person who gets a raise or gets a promotion or gets opportunities without asking for them or looking for them. But when I dive deeper on those situations, even those people who say, no, I didn't ask, are doing networking types of things like this that they are not even aware of, that they're doing intuitively. And I I find that men do them intuitively much more so than women. So asking for referrals, asking for introductions is the most important part of building like a, you know, an old girls network. (laughs) It's like the old boys network, you know, women need to reach out to other women and look for ways to share this kind of information so that we are not blind to it anymore, that we bring this into the light and talk about it. Wonderful. And I cannot agree with you more. We definitely need a network of women building up other women and not just women. You know, it'd be great to have all everybody on our side as well. We are coming up to time though. So one last question for you, Melissa, what is your number one tip that you want to leave with our audience to help empower them in their negotiations? I always hated this phrase, it's not personal or it's just business. In fact, I was going through a merger situation in one of my previous jobs and the CEO sat me down and after he laid off, after they laid off a whole bunch of people that I worked with and said, it's not personal, it's business. And I almost exploded, like my head almost exploded. Like it's very personal. It's so funny because now, years later, I actually think that is the most important thing that we need to do in order to move our careers forward is to be able to separate ourselves from the emotional reaction in order to take a deep breath. And even if you need to stop a meeting or say, I need to think about this and get back to you, to separate ourselves from our emotions so that we can be logical about what to do next. It is very easy to get emotionally triggered when somebody says something like that. It's not personal. Of course it's personal. But oftentimes 
it's not personal. Oftentimes, maybe it's a mismatch of your skills to what the company needs, your personality to what works best in the company. There's so many places where things can actually be a mismatch. It doesn't mean you're bad or you're wrong or anything like that, but you can't necessarily see those things if you get wrapped up in your emotions in the moment. So being able to stop, take a deep breath and look at a situation from a logical perspective is the most important thing that I would share for everyone moving forward. I love it. And you're absolutely right. When we're really emotional, it's hard to move forward because those emotions have taken over and we can't think logically. So I absolutely agree with you. um, And thank you for your wisdom. And we are at time. So Melissa, how can our audience get in touch with you? My website is melissaherriford.com. If you go there, I have a ton of information. I have a video series. I have a bunch of blog posts. In fact, I'm posting my 100, number 100 blog posts tomorrow. You can sign up to get a free salary negotiation script on my website. Just click the green button and I'll send you the script. Fantastic. So all of that will be in the description below and go check it out. And Melissa, thank you so much for for joining us. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks, everyone. Thanks again for being a listener of the Ask with Confidence podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you're enjoying the content, please subscribe and review. We want this podcast to reflect what you, the listener, are experiencing in your everyday life and your feedback will help us do just that. Again, thank you. And we hope you join us in the next episode.